I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Good evening to all of you wonderful listeners across the United States and in two dozen different countries around the world. We've got an entertaining story for you tonight. Uh, maybe not incredible, but definitely entertaining. And it is based on the true life adventures of Gary and his classroom experiences. Yes, it is based off of that. <clears throat> now, I've talked previously um, about things that have happened while I was working in uh, the public schools. Uh, I've talked about some field trips um, and some of the crazy things that happened there. Uh, but I'm going to share uh, my experience with substitute teachers. And I love substitute teachers. I think they are fantastic. Uh, they are the ones who probably take the most torture from students when the teacher's are gone. <laughs> That's I, for sure. <laughs> I know in my experience from uh, when I was in school and stories I've heard from other people, a lot of terrible things happen to substitutes. So if anybody out there uh, is listening and you're a substitute teacher, I want you to know I appreciate you and your hard work. And uh, you definitely don't deserve half the things that happen to you. Uh, you are our unsung heroes. That's uh, for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> um, but the story that I'm going to uh, share today are about uh, some of the substitutes that come in that are, are interesting people because there are interesting people who don't want to work in education as a full-time career. They just do it you know, as a part-time job, maybe because they're retired or maybe there's something they just they want to fulfill uh, you know, whatever need it is to go into a classroom and, and help out and be a teacher for a day. So that being said, um, I've had very interesting experiences working in schools with substitutes. Now, I've said this in the past. I'm a, a para, and a para is like a teacher's assistant uh, or a co-teacher in a classroom, and, and that's usually in a classroom where you have students who have learning disabilities or physical disabilities. So my job is to support the teacher. Some states call it a teacher assistant. Uh, your state calls it a paraprofessional. Yeah, it's the same thing. Tomato, tomato. So potato, whenever potato, potato. <laughs> let's just call this whole thing off. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, getting back to the story. So what happens is there are times when the teacher will be out, and I will sub for my teacher because I am uh, what's called star trained. And that's the program that. Uh, substitutes go through and so I'll substitute some days but in the beginning um, before I, I really had any of the star training or even had any experience in my classroom uh, we would typically get substitutes that would come in to help out for the day and I would just you know kind of make sure that everything was running the way it normally does so I'll never forget the first uh, year I was working as a para I was teamed up with another para in the classroom so there were two of us and uh, the teacher was out for the day uh, for whatever reason. And so uh, me and the other para, we show up at work. The lights are off. And I, I usually get to work around like 6.30 in the morning, uh, very early. Well, maybe not for some people, but it's early for me. And I'm talking with the other para. 
and the lights are off in the classroom. We unlock the door and step inside. And uh, the para turns on the lights. And we're both shocked. There's a woman standing in the classroom, in the middle of the classroom. She's been there the entire time. We're both caught off guard. We don't know what's going on. And so she has this kind of a smirk on her face, not like she was pleased that she had just scared the living daylights out of the two of us, but just kind of a, like, I, I don't know, she was happy. Um, and so I remember uh, the, uh, the woman I was with, uh, she said, excuse me, um, can, I, can I help you? And she said, I'm the substitute for the day. Oh, okay. And so, uh, so my, um, my partner over here, she goes, uh, why were you in the dark? And the woman with a, just a straight face, very deadpan goes, I like being in the dark. Oh, that's nice. We didn't really know how to respond to that. And then she comes up to, uh, to the para that I'm with, and she's standing maybe about a foot and a half away from her. She's very close, very uncomfortably close. And I, I might be exaggerating. It might have been more, more like three feet away, which is still feels a little bit too close. And uh, she looks at her. She looks at her up and down from you know head to toe, and she goes, can I ask you something? And she goes, okay, what is it? And she goes, can I ask you how much you weigh? And she goes, no, no, you can't. She goes, I don't really feel comfortable with answering that question. And the woman goes, that's fine. And then she stepped away. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I had, I have no clue what was, go I, I don't know what was her deal. Um, so the day moves along. We have the kids at the different tables. We do centers and because our classroom has different grade levels, you know, one table might be teaching kindergarten, another table might be teaching second grade. It's that's just how it works. So she's got a group of kids at her table. I've got a group of kids at my table. Uh, the pair I'm with, she has her her group, and uh, our behavior specialist comes in, and uh, her job is just to make sure that the kids are doing what they're supposed to. Because um, again, uh, my classroom, I, I work with students who have a behavior disability. And so she's just checking to make sure that, you know, they're, they're still on task and everything. So she comes over to the uh, substitute and she says, uh, how are things going? The kids doing all right? And she, so she says, oh, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. And so uh, then our behavior specialist uh, goes, oh, praise Jesus. And the woman stops and she put down her papers and she lifted her head up and her face went just blank. And she stares at her, and the behavior specialist goes, is there something wrong? And she goes, do you praise Jesus? And she goes, yes. And she goes, I praise Jesus too. And then she just stared at her and didn't say anything. And then she just looked back down at her papers, didn't say anything to anybody else after that. It was very bizarre. It was so strange. And then lunchtime rolls around. Our kids eat in the classroom. Um, because of their behaviors and, and everything, it's a little bit harder to manage that in a cafeteria setting. 
So we eat in the classroom with our kids and then we have our lunch break that way, okay? And so we'll put a movie on for the kids so they have something to keep them entertained while they're eating. And so we put on something and uh, we told the substitute, well, you can eat with us if you'd like to because we have this little uh, spot uh, off to the side of the room where we eat our lunch. And uh, she said, no, no, I'll be fine, thank you. And she stepped into the closet. I'm not even joking right now. She stepped into the closet where we keep our lunches and she turned off the light in the closet and she ate her lunch in the dark of the closet. It was bizarre. Now, that being said, the whole time she was there, the kids did amazing. They loved her. They thought she was the greatest thing on the face of the earth. <laughs> she confused the living daylights out of us. We didn't know what was going on. I'm sure she was a lovely person, but at one point I was thinking, could this be an alien? <laughs> could we, could I, the, the, is this person somebody who could be extraterrestrial pretending to be a human? And I wasn't sure. And the behavior kids absolutely thought they she was loved the greatest her. thing they since thought she was apple great. pie. Yep, they thought she was great. Wow. So we had, I had that experience. Then, uh, a few years later, um, I was going down to music with my kids because we go to their special areas, music, art, P. We go with them, again, just to help monitor, make sure that they're able to keep in control of themselves and they're able to stay on task with what's going on in that classroom. So that day, the class had two substitutes. Because at this point in the music class, um, the teacher we had at that point, they, they were trying to do a thing where they would split the day in half. They would have one music teacher for the first half of the day and a second music teacher for the second half of the day. Don't ask me why. Um, and, and what they would do is they'd actually end up helping out each other. It worked out pretty nice. So they had to have a substitute for both those teachers because they were both out for some kind of workshop. So we come in, and there's this sweet older woman. Uh sitting on the piano bench in front of all the kids. We had come in a little bit late. Um, I had a different pair with me uh, at this time, and uh, we're just trying to get our kids settled. And she's sitting there. She's got a little microphone in her hand, and she goes, Oh, oh, c c come on in. You're, you're a little bit behind, but that's okay. Just come on. Go ahead. Have yourself a seat down right there. And she's talking in the microphone the whole time. Sometimes the teachers will use those because they say that it's it's a little bit easier for the kids who may be in the back to hear all of the directions. But she's holding it like she's doing a performance, you know. And so she starts talking and everything. There's a gentleman in the back. I'll never forget him. Nice guy. His head was just bald and, and just smooth. And he had this well-maintained handlebar mustache that curled on either side. He reminded me of one of those uh, strongmen from back in the day, you know, whenever you see those old uh, paintings from uh, like the late 19, well, no, 1800s, uh, early 1900s, you know, they have the giant uh, barbells and, you know, the, the leopard print outfit and they'd be at the carnival. The guy had that kind of a face, you know, if you can imagine that. 
big guy, strong, bald, big handlebar mustache. He's standing at the back of the room. He's not really saying anything. So she starts in and she says, welcome, children, to music today. I'm just so happy to have all of you here. I hope you all are doing just super today. Now, who here, who here has a grandparent or a mommy and a daddy who like to sing to them? Oh, all the kids raise their hand up. And one of the kids, she says, does anybody know what, what favorite song that person would sing to you? And one of the kids raises his hand up. And she goes, come on up here. Come on up. And she sits him down on the piano bench next to her. And she says, what's your name, sweetie? Speaking to the microphone. And he's very shy. He did not expect being pulled up there. Uh, Timothy? I can't hear you, sweetie. Speak up. Speak into the microphone. Speak into the microphone. It's, it's Timothy. My name's Timothy. All right, Timothy. Sweetie. Sweetie, can you tell me what song does grandma or, or grandpa or whoever sing to you? Um, you're my sunshine? Oh, isn't that sweet? Did you hear that, folks? They sing, Are You My Sunshine? Would you like to sing that with me? And I, I think I heard him saying no. She goes, oh, well, that's wonderful. Let's go ahead and sing it together. So she's sitting there, staring at him, singing, You are my sunshine, my little sunshine. All of you are my little sunshine out there. Yes, you too. You're my sunshine. You make me happy. She went through the whole song. This kid was so embarrassed. He did not expect to be pulled up and sat on the bench and have that sung to him. But he just went with it. He was a great trooper. So then she goes on to tell us that we are going to watch a video now. And it was this it was a movie that was done, it had to be like late 80s, early 90s, had that trying to to do rap, but also trying to be educational at the same time. Anybody who grew up in the 90s, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was not pretty, but it's an educational video, and the kids watched it. So it was about the symphony orchestra. And so they start you know, with the whole trying to be cool intro, and then they go into the orchestra, and they start playing the drums. Now, the gentleman in the back has not said a thing the entire time, and all of a sudden, in a very thick Boston accent, you could hear him from the back. You know that thing right there? That thing the guy's pounding on? That's a timpani drum there. A timpani drum. And I could hear I could hear the woman in the front. What was that, sir? I, I don't remember his name. We'll say it's Bob. What was that, Mr. Bob? What did you say? It's a timpani drum. And that right there, that's a viola. And we got a bass over there. And we got a violin. Oh, that's fascinating. Mr. Bob, have you had an experience? Have you had an experience with the orchestra? Ah, no, I just like listening to that kind of music, you know? It's just, it's really great stuff, you know, listening to that kind of music over there. But fantastic. Well, that's, that's wonderful, Mr. Bob. And so he's sharing all of his knowledge about the orchestra. So after the video wraps up, um, and I can't remember if she introduced him before this or, or after. It's you know that part's a little bit fuzzy, you know. But I remember she had him uh, introduce himself, and I want to say it was after the video. And uh, so he introduces himself again. We'll say Mr. Bob, and she says, Mr. Bob, 
there's something interesting about you that I'm sure the children have noticed. Anybody want to tell me what's interesting about Mr. Bob? The hands go up. You. It's his mustache. Speak into the microphone. She puts it a little bit closer to the kid who raised his hand. What is it? It's his mustache. Yes, it's his mustache. Now, Mr. Bob, can you tell us a little bit about your mustache? Ah, yeah, yeah. There's a handlebar mustache up here. Right here. Coils at the ends. And does anybody know... How I get it to be so curly? None of them have a clue. Of course, they're all too young to grow facial hair, so it's not really a concern. And so he says, now some people may use mustache wax. And sure, that's fine. But the thing with mustache wax is you get water beating up on it. It don't work too good. So what I like to use is chicken fat. At this point, I mean... I'm looking over at the other person I'm with. I'm not really sure that I heard it correctly. But then he repeats it again. That's right. I use chicken fat. What I'll do is I take a whole chicken right there. I plop it down in a large pot, boil it up, and all that fat comes up to the top. And I just skim it off the top there. And I throw it into a Ziploc container, shove it in the freezer for a few days, and then it congeals. Okay? And then what I do is I take that that uh, congealed fat there and I twizzle it around in my mustache and coil it up. Now, if I didn't put it in the freezer, my mustache smells like chicken the whole time. The freezer gets rid of that. I don't have to worry about it, but it's fantastic. So chicken fat makes you a great mustache. I, I just, I was in awe. I was in awe with the whole thing. It was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. And it was just, it was fascinating. But for any of you in the future, I don't know if any of you have handlebar mustaches, but if you're looking for a way to get it, to have that perfect curl and stay just as stiff as you'd like it, according to uh, that substitute, chicken fat is the way to go. Now, that being said, after this whole thing, and it, it went on for a while, um, as we were growing, uh, getting close to the end, um, there was more sing-alongs and more children being brought up to the bench to um, to make a request for their favorite song to be sung to them. I won't say that there was a lot of volunteers. There were a lot of kids that were brought up who probably would have rather stayed in their seat. But I'll tell you what, I couldn't stop smiling the entire time. It was so entertaining. So definitely uh, an interesting experience. Both times were strange but very entertaining. Again, I love substitutes. I think you guys work very hard um, to, to make sure that things keep running when the teacher is gone. Now, that being said, you've been in education for a long time before you retired. Mm, decades. Before you became a teacher yourself, did you ever substitute in a classroom? No, I didn't. But I do want to uh, emphasize uh, what, what you said, Gary, and that is uh, you know, substitutes are really the heroes of the uh, school environment as far as I'm concerned because each and every day they go into a different classroom. They're left lesson plans by different teachers that they're expected to implement. They're expected to keep the kids well-behaved. And, uh, you know, each day is different, a different classroom, a different school. A lot of times, uh, you know, uh, they may go through a whole week of five different uh, schools. And that's no, that's no easy thing to do. And I do know that the, uh, the kids in general 
uh, really challenge the substitutes. That's when the behaviors come out, when their regular teacher um, isn't there. And so as far as I'm concerned, substitute teachers are worth every single penny they earn. Mm -hmm. And by the way, um, talking about handlebar mustaches, I don't know how he kept his curled, but you and I have both worked with the classic cult movie director, Ted V. Michaels. Oh, yes. And he had the handlebar mustache mm -hmm. of all handlebar mustaches. Oh, uh, some would say the curliest mustache. Oh, yes. And goatee combo. Mm -hmm. But Ted, he I do know Ted's secret. Ted used a very specific mustache wax yes and i mean like it had to be uh set at a certain temperature and he mm -hmm. kept it i mean he he i think he ordered his because he wanted it had yeah. to be specific he yeah. couldn't just get it anywhere um but i mean if ted were still with us i'm pretty sure that he would have been fascinated with the chicken fat yeah. because i mean you know what nothing nothing's better than a home remedy and sometimes i i'm gonna be honest sometimes these little things that people do they call them life hacks now a life hack. You're hacking life. Uh, sometimes work better than things that you can do if you went to the store. So, And if Ted were still around, he might have heard that uh, story about the chicken wax, and it might have ended up in one of his movies. It probably would have. <laughs> that would have been entertaining. Well, it's time for us to go. And, oh, I hear that music. Thank you guys for joining us again for, uh, well, maybe not an incredible story, but definitely an interesting story from school. So once again, I'm Richard and I'm Gary, and this was my incredible story. <laughs>